sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hey friends, this is Andy. This episode of Accelerate is brought to you by KiteDesk. KiteDesk is the all-in-one sales development platform that lets you manage all of your sales development activities, such as email, direct dial phone calls, and your daily to-dos, all in one place to open up conversations, book more qualified meetings, and really create a predictable pipeline. KiteDesk Flow and KiteDesk Find allows us to find exactly the right people in the industries we're looking for, in the roles that we're looking for. That's KiteDesk customer Michael Orfis. Michael is head of sales at Stratified. In addition to the all-in-one management of his sales development team's days, KiteDesk helps him with another big part of his job. We have the ability with KiteDesk to do what we call targeted campaigns. Our conversion rate from what we were doing in the past to what we're doing now has been really massive. So you don't have to take tons of time to research, prospect, then blast large lists of people that never turn into sales opportunities. We're seeing higher clicks, we're seeing higher open rates, and without question, we've seen a massive increase in pipeline generation. So to learn more about KiteDesk, schedule a free demo, and learn how to create predictable pipeline at your sales organization, go to kitedesk.com forward slash accelerate. That's K-I-T-E-D-E-S-K dot com slash accelerate. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am excited to be joined on the show again by John Ferrara. He's founder and CEO of Nimble, one of the great innovators in sales technology and sales we've had over the last uh, umpty-ump years. I won't give the exact number of years, John, but uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. I'm super excited to be here with you today to share our common passion about the power of relationships and their ability to help you achieve your passion, plan, and purpose in life. And ideally, that's serving others because I really believe that service is what sales is all about. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's that's one of the things that seems to be missing so often in the the conversation about you know what the purpose of sales is, and and it's to help the customer make a purchase decision. I mean, I don't, I don't think selling is about anything other than that. Yeah, and 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 sometimes it's maybe not even your product that they're, that you're going to be helping sure. them make that selection, right? Right. No, and absolutely. I think best the best salespeople 
are really there for their customer success, even if it means that today they're not going to be buying your products or services. Because I think in the end, if you do your job right, not only will they pick up the phone and call you in the future, mm -hmm. but they'll drag their friends with them. And that's that's what we're trying to do is to build community through conversation to establish ourselves as the trusted advisor to our prospects and customers, and ideally their influencers as right. well. Well, we were talking before we started recording about this whole issue that, that you know, there's some people that are very infatuated with the science of selling, you know, the data-driven, mm -hmm. we've got all these metrics, we've got all this insight now through data into what our our prospects are doing, and then... I don't want to call old school, but people that are saying, hey, it's all about the art of selling. And clearly there's a blend. It's not one or the other, but you can't get rid of the person out of the, the equation. You can't. And I think that we're all struggling with engagement. I think that we're all overconnected and overcommunicated. There's a Dunbar limit with the number of people that you can manage in your head in regarding to the relationships that you're nurturing. Well, and well tell, tell people about that Dunbar number because, you know, I, I think we might have even talked about that last time, but, but sure. uh, let people know what that is. Sure. So if you think about it, how many times have you forgotten somebody's name or where they're from or sure. what company they work for? But you remember their face, right? And mm -hmm. you remember other things. You can't remember everything in your head. That's why we developed the Daytimer. And uh, that's why we have these things today. Right. And, and, and so there's an English guy that did a study on how many relationships can a human being maintain on average. And the average right. number is between 100 and 200. And most people who use our relationship platform, Nimble, have thousands tens of thousands of contacts. Sure. And there's no way that you can manage all those relationships. But ultimately, if you don't stay top of mind with the people that matter, that can help you achieve your passion, plan, and purpose in life, then you're going to fail. And I love this saying by Mae West, out of sight is out of mind and out of mind is out of money, honey. How do you stay top of mind with the people that are going to help you grow your business? And, and I think that you do that by using tools uh, right. and techniques. Um, but ultimately, I, I like to tell stories to teach. And the, the most of the fuel that's used in a car to get up to speed, most of the fuel that's used in a rocket to achieve orbit is, is, is that moment, is getting yeah. up to speed and achieving orbit. But maintaining right. orbit or maintaining speed requires very little effort or fuel. Right. And so if you think about a relationship, it's our relationship took time for us to see each other and then start mm -hmm. the conversation. And that's the, that's the beginning fuel of that takeoff. But, you know, if we periodically touch each other, engage with each other, add value to each other's journey, we'll stay top of mind. And that's why we're back on this conversation today, sure. having this uh, podcast is because we periodically reach out and say, Hey Andy, what's going on? And, yeah. and do something to stay top of mind. Right. So uh, let's talk about Nimble a little bit and and how you help facilitate that. Just so people are not already maybe familiar with the product, or if they are, they don't know the details. Sort of, but you know, it's built on a philosophy that you have, which you've been talking about. Well, let's start by just talking about this this thing about we talked about engagement, right? Right. Uh, and and about the science versus the art of relationships. Okay. And so, if you think about <clears throat> the way most businesses manage their leads, they use uh, CRM for right. that. 
And, and the CRM system isn't really for the customer-facing business person to be more effective at engagement. Exactly. It's there for reporting. So I like to joke the reason that, that CRM stands for customer reporting management, not customer relationship management. I like and that. further, the reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it because they work for the CRM. It doesn't work for them. Most people CRM is an inbox or, or uh, their inbox or a spreadsheet and the fact that there's 225 million global businesses and less than 1% use any CRM is a testimony to the fact that CRMs fail at customer engagement and relationship management. Okay, so, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's take a second. Let's talk about that figure. You said so fewer than 1% of global businesses use the CRM. Use any CRM. Any CRM. Yes. Uh, it's funny because I was, I was just on another conversation with somebody, another guest, and I was telling you about a company I was talking to last week. company is about 100 years old and... Mm-hmm. They have 62 salespeople, the top market share leader in the industry. Their big deal for 2017 is they're going to implement a CRM system for the first time. Yeah. And this, and I, and this person and I, I was talking about. to, and this guest I was talking to early today, couldn't believe it. You yeah. know, they didn't think there existed a company of that size that wasn't using CRM. And I, and I, I think statistics are put out to make it believe that more companies are using them than they really are. I think that many companies uh, buy a CRM because everybody else is. Right. They think they have to. So, right. so let's talk about the systems that we use for managing uh, relationships in the customer lifecycle of a business. So, okay. and, and I'm doing this just to set up why I built Goldmine and why we built Nimble uh, today. Okay. Let's do it. So if, you, if, you, if the whole point in business is to get people to walk through the door, right? Yes. And, and, I, and I really, my heart breaks when I walk down the retail store uh, shops and I see these empty store, these storefronts where somebody's standing inside the store and nobody's there. And they do, every time you walk by, they look hoping you come into their store, right. right? And this is how businesses used to work. Today, we get we set up a website, then we set up uh, WordPress and we uh, drive mm-hmm. eyeballs to that site, ideally through content to inspire and educate. But ultimately, right. once you get that eyeball, you got to do something with it. So we buy market automation to nurture it till it's quote lead qualified. What that means is you want to drive them to your website, capture a bit of information like their email, begin to nurture or follow mm-hmm. up with them to drip them and then drive them either to come back and attend a webinar or, or read an ebook or give you more information till you can qualify them and then you put them in the CRM and tell your sales reps to go get them. So right. the CRM doesn't have any information. They have the sales rep has to go and Google who that person is and what their business is about, and then go log what they know. Then they go and engage on whatever channel they can, and that means email, that means the phone, that means Mm. whatever tool you can, and uh, and then they go log what they did. So you have to go to the CRM to work for it by logging the data of what you know and then what you did, and that's the biggest cause of failure is that you work for it and you go to it to work for it, but really where you're living is in your inbox and now more and more in social media or in mobile going out and meeting the customer. And so I believe the heart of most people's business is the contacts they're connecting to, the conversations they're having, and the activities they're driving from their conversations, which is email, contact, or calendar. And there's only two platforms that you could really choose today as a business. It's Office 365 or Google Apps for Work because you need a cloud-based email, contact, calendar, and productivity suite for you and your team to share that across your notebook and your uh, iPads and your phones, et cetera. And so really your CRM today is Outlook, Address Book, or Google Contacts. And that's the premise where we start is by saying we can layer on top of that 
by unifying it together because you would think about it. And which one do you use, Andy? You use Google Apps or you use, I use Google Apps, right? Okay. And I'll bet you you never go to the contact record in Google Apps, do you? No. Well, okay. Very, very rarely. Just to look up a group, a group address on one group, right? Right. But the thing is, is you really live in that inbox, and occasionally you go to the calendar. Uh, well, actually, I do the calendar quite a bit, but those two, yes. Okay. Interestingly enough, the contact record should have the history of email and calendar interactions that you and the team have had, and the contact record should be a shared contact record for the whole team. But if you were on a team account, you would notice that there isn't a shared contact database, let alone the history of interactions on email and calendar. And that's the big problem. This is what Goldmine fixed 30 years ago. So imagine my previous company that I founded, which pioneered CRM and contact right. management, right. predated Outlook. There was no Outlook back in the day. Yeah. And yeah, we were the right. first program that integrated email, contact, and calendar. So when you look at a contact record, you can see the history of interactions that you and the team have had. And then we did the simple sales and marketing on top of that. And that's where everybody in the company lived which was amazing because everybody was one on one page with a customer, right. sales, marketing, customer service, accounting, management, et cetera. Today, you kind of live in your Outlook address book or Google Contacts, but mainly right. you live in whatever application that's part of your department. So if you're in sales, you're in the CRM. If you're in marketing, you're in the market automation. If you're social, you're in the social dashboard. If you're accounting, you're in the accounting program. Mm -hmm. Customer service, you're in the customer service. None of these things talk to each other and so there's no unified system of record for relationship management in your business. That is the big problem Nimble fixes by going into your business and unifying your Office 365, Google Apps Works, contact email, calendar, enriching mm -hmm. people and company data, and then letting you use it in whatever application you are in. So if you have a CRM, if you have a support program, if you have social, mm -hmm. Nimble actually works in all those different places. And so that means that everybody in the company is on one page with a unified contact, email, calendar, social, and then you could use it wherever you're at because you shouldn't have to go to Google Apps to look up a contact record right. or to go to Salesforce to do that. So I guess question based on what you said is, I mean, does anybody use Nimble as on top of an existing CRM system? Yes, in fact, uh, we just signed a deal with Microsoft where Microsoft is uh, just hired the guy who started the Salesforce App Exchange, and he's building an App Exchange for uh, Dynamics, for Dynamics. CRM, right. and we're going to be a launch partner for that. So interestingly enough, Nimble can either be your complete social sales and marketing platform for your business by integrating it with your website and your Google Apps or Office 365, or we could work within whatever existing social sales or marketing systems that you're using and, hmm. and play a role by enriching and enhancing that because the CRM systems fail as well. You have to go to them to use them. Right. And what we do is we'll actually unify your Salesforce or your CRM Dynamics records with your Office 365 records and then let you use that where you're engaging with the customer, which is going to be your inbox and social. Right. So, I mean, there's been a, an explosion in the market in the last couple of years of these sales development platforms that basically, right. you know, used by inside sales teams, you know, outreach and sales loft and so on. But yeah, it, it seems like to some degree, what they really do is these are tools that enable companies that invested in Salesforce to actually get the ROI out of Salesforce that, yes. that they need. Yeah. Yes. So, so the issue is, is this today's sales and marketing technology tech stack is out of right. hand. So oh, yeah. if you think yeah. about that, yeah. that, that life cycle that we talked about that you need to, the tools you need to buy, you need to buy a market automation system, which I call MailChimp to Marketo. It's going to cost you 300 to $3,000 a month. 
just for that marketing. For then enterprise, you can buy right? A CRM, which is going to cost you fifty to one hundred fifty dollars per rep so per you, month. Right. Then you need sales intelligence, so you don't have to Google somebody. So you right. need information on people and companies. That's Inside View or View. LinkedIn Sales Navigator or, somebody, or right. Discover Org or Ranking. Right. That's fifty to one hundred fifty dollars per rep per month. Then you need some tool for outreach. So either um, uh, Yesware or, or or HubSpot Sales or or Tout App. And that is a templated email tool that enables you to outreach at scale in a one-to-one way. That's $50 to $150 per month. So if you add up those four tools, you're spending three dollars to $500 per month per rep for marketing, sales, uh, sales intelligence, and sales enablement email tracking. The interesting thing is Nimble's blended all that into one cohesive platform, so you don't need to buy all those tools. And I'll argue that when you do buy all those tools, A, they don't talk to each other, so you can't outreach in a segmented one-to-one messaging way because the Yesware and Tout app don't know who that person is and what their business is about in the history of interaction. If you have that, then you can build segments and mm-hmm. message them in a one-to-one way like this. Uh, hey, Andy, it's been a while since I've been on your blog. Right. I would love to reconnect and learn more about what's going on uh, with you and and what new books you've got out. Let's connect and you know catch up. Right. And so ultimately, if you can reach out in that one-to-one authentic way, you break through the clutter and you increase your open and your click rates. And so – 30 years ago, I trademarked automated processes, which is actions based on triggers, if this and that for people and companies. Mm-hmm. So if you put a name in the Goldmine database that looks like this, Goldmine would do that. Day one, do right. this. Day seven, do that. That's market automation. And so Goldmine blended sales and market automation with relationship management. Nimble is basically just redoing that into a uh, a cloud platform. So in Nimble today, then you have the ability to set up, as you really described, a sort of a workflow or a cadence, if you will of contacts yeah. you could define, hey, if this happens, then over the next 10 days, we're going to do you know three emails and we'll send you a reminder to do two phone calls. So we haven't built the cadence piece yet. Okay. What we have built is this. If you put a name in Nimble, we'll enrich it with people and company data, including who they are, what their business is about, and the history and actions for you and the team on email, calendar, and social. Okay. And then we'll allow you to build segments of people based on parameters of that data we enrich it with or the other other data that we put in there. And then you could send an outreach email to that person based off this segment. Mm-hmm. Nimble will track if they open it, if they click it, et cetera, right. and we'll give you those signals. You can manually build a follow-up email based on the people that didn't open or reply we're adding the ability to automate that after end business right. days, do that in a sequence. That'll be part of a new uh, packaging, pricing, and positioning that we'll roll out this quarter. Got it. Or okay. actually, Q1 2017. All right, which is right about when people are listening to this. So, yeah. fantastic timing. Um, so, who's sort of the ideal client profile for Nimble? You know, it's individuals and teams of 2 to 25 in small, medium, large, and enterprise companies who are working in a B2B or B2C fashion, trying to uh, reach out and build these relevant and authentic relationships and stay connected with people. Really, it's not just about salespeople that need to do that. We all need to do that. We all need to be worried about our brand and our network and reach out and nurture and maintain it. But certainly, primarily, salespeople are, are, are great fit, PR people, 
uh, biz dev people, mm -hmm. uh, investor relations. Um, so you could use it across the board in, in a company. Okay. So, and really from a philosophical standpoint, what, what we've been talking about here today and, and what you've served, if I understand, what you've really built in is it's really about connecting. Amen. Okay. Perfect. So let's talk about CRM in general for a little bit. Yeah. Is, is how how is it going to evolve? I mean, this is this is a, a topic that I get asked a lot about. Yeah. You know, again, we've seen all these tools. You know, the tech stacks sort of explode. Most of which are built on top of Salesforce. Quite honestly. Yeah. Um, so and it, yeah, the surveys come out that yeah, the average tech stack I think is well, it's bigger than bigger than what everybody thinks it is. I mean, yeah. depending on the industry I've seen anywhere from like seven to eleven apps in the sales tech stack. So so how do you see that's gonna evolve? Well, number one is I think a lot of these individual tools are gonna go by the wayside because they're features, they're not platforms. And ultimately I think that we're all we're gonna we're all gonna get tired of being cut by a thousand deaths, having mm. to go out and buy all these different tools and try to get them to work together. Salespeople aren't that uh, sophisticated and uh, and they uh, they don't want to manage a bunch of tools. They want to manage relationships. And so ultimately today, I think the biggest problem with CRMs is it's a dead database that you define what you what data you want your salespeople to type in and then you beat on them to do it. And then in mm -hmm. many cases, management doesn't even run the reports unless there's right. a problem with the salesperson and they use it as a hammer to beat on them. Well, yeah, they run they run quota attainment reports and that's what it. Exactly, exactly. But ultimately, what we want to be able to do is to enable that customer-facing business team member to be most effective at that moment that they're engaging with that other person, wherever they're engaging. So I believe that rather than you having to go to your CRM and work for it, that it will work for you by building itself from the data that's already in your business and then work with you wherever you're working, whether it is in your inbox or whether it's in social, whether mm -hmm. it's on phone and it'll use intelligence to mine all that data to help surface the right person at the right time on the right channel and help you to be more human in that engagement. So I don't think that we'll be less human. I think we'll be more human because we won't have to go manage all this stuff right. and we'll be able to actually focus on listening to that person because we already have the key aspects that we need to be effective and we can then listen in the moment to learn how we might be able to add the value necessary to earn that person's intimacy and trust and ultimately earn a mutually beneficial, measurable business outcome from that engagement. Okay. So what you're seeing really then is is a future where, you know, say AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning plays a role in said being able to mine all the data that's out there and synthesize it into something that makes sense, an alert saying, hey, it's been three weeks since you talked to John. Maybe you shouldn't be calling yeah. maybe you should be calling John or or whatever that is in terms of helping you prioritize what it is you could do that have the most impact at that time. I think that there's going to be a collapse in the number of tools and platforms that are out there into simpler, smarter unifications of social, mobile, and big data that helps us to be more effective. So rather than right now, the whole industry is designed to sell to management, and it's right. not really designed to benefit the customer-facing business team member. And if you think about it- And they're suspicious well, of it, quite frankly, right? Yeah. 
So Mark Benioff built Salesforce by punching Tom Siebel in the nose and saying you're complex, expensive, and you're not designed for salespeople. Mm -hmm. So if you Google Wayback Machine 1999 Salesforce, you'll see that Salesforce was a simple SFA tool. Right. And so now Salesforce has become Siebel. And now I think that opens the door for a simpler, smarter, better, more, quote, nimble solution to become possibly that next generation of tools that powers the next 20 million business people around the world to achieve their passion, plan, and purpose in life. Well, I think that's really sort of the key, I guess, for what you see is you described earlier is not just these other tools. We're also seeing proliferation of CRM systems themselves. And, and to me, what that's saying is that yeah, despite the fact that Salesforce is out there and well-established and has this huge market share, is that people aren't getting what they want out of it. Thus, They're not. New, and, com- and, new competitors are entering the marketplace. And you know it's an interesting statistic. Besides that, there's 225 million global businesses and less than 1% use any CRM, is the fact that none, zero, of the CRM influencers, editors, bloggers, analysts that I know, and I know them all, Andy, mm, use, sure. any, use any CRM. <laughs> they don't. So you're saying they the industry don't. analysts don't use CRM? Nobody uses a CRM unless they're beat on to do it. Hmm. Now, well, at, least, like, at least the legacy CRMs, the traditional CRMs. Sure. sure. All right. So let me ask you this question. It's a little bit of a different tack. But and is, is CRM meeting the promises that it makes? No. So, so I mean, I look at, uh, I look at well, yes research reports. No. Yes and no. I think that management is extremely happy with their CRMs because it's plumbing for the reporting necessary for them to do their job. And, that, and I think that plumbing is required, right? But ultimately, sure. um, I think that if you talk to the customer-facing business team members, they'll tell you that if they weren't beat on to use it, they, they wouldn't use it. Because I think that the, there's two jobs of a CRM. It should run the reporting, but it should also empower the person so that the reporting's accurate. And if the person is basically feeding the CRM the night before the reports are run, then there's a problem. All right. So, but I was really looking for a different perspective. Is, is it seems to me like I feel like we have a sales productivity crisis in that I don't yeah. see that the tech stacks that are coming. And this is based on reports. We see industry reports like CSO Insights and Forrester and others. It doesn't show that the situation's improving on the ground relative to more reps hitting quota or individual productivity increasing, you know, close rates increasing, you know, measures that maybe we don't have the best measures, admittedly, but based on measures that are available, you know, it doesn't seem like we're heading in the right direction. I don't necessarily pin the blame on, on the tech stack, but on that hand, it doesn't seem to maybe be making it better. So, so what, what's going to come out that, that's going to change this? You know, how, do we, how do we address this sort of fundamental imbalance I see in the marketplace? Well, I think, that we, I think that once the tools recognize that really what they need to be doing is working for that customer-facing business team member mm-hmm. where that person actually lives, which today is email, social, and mobile – Uh, by unifying the data that's most important to them, which are the contacts they're connecting to, the conversations they're having, the activities that they're driving, and then mine that information to help them to connect to the right person at the right time, 
then I think that people really start loving their tools and and actually getting benefit from them. And I think we're really close to that. You do. I do. Okay. I, I think I it, let's just take a look at these tools for a second. So sure. if you think about market automation, that's like high level bombing over the battlefield, right? Exactly. So if you think about the uh, prospects out there in the in the battlefield, the bombers spray and pray, right? Right. And then what happens is after they've done their carpet bomb, and you need to send the boots on the ground, and for them to be successful, they need intelligence and they need uh, the engagement tool, the rifle. And so if you think about the intelligence, that's essentially the insights on people and companies that Nimble provides or that you buy from Inside View or LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And then the, the engagement, the rifle, is the email template tracking stuff that you get from Yesware, Tout App, or from Nimble, which mm-hmm. we do today. And so you need a blend of all that together, but it needs to work together and it needs to be able to mine who people are and what their business is about in order for you to then send those one-to-one messages. And I'll give you an example of how I do this. Sure. So Microsoft asked me to come speak at their World Partner Conference, WPC um, 16 in Toronto on mm-hmm. social selling. Before going to that conference, I wanted to prepare to outreach to people that might be there to invite them to my session to start conversations with influencers to drive some results. Because if you're going to go all the way to a city, you better prepare before you go. Right. So what I did is I used Nimble to import a Twitter list of last year WPC 15's influencers. There's about 4,000 of them. Right. And I put that, once I imported that list into Nimble, Nimble enriched those Twitter accounts with people and company information. So I knew who people are, what their business is about. And I was able to segment out of that 3,200 that were meaningful to me. I then tailored a message that was unique to this audience and sent it. I got a 50% open rate and I drove 25 meetings, one of which resulted in Microsoft signing a deal to bundle Nimble with Office 365 and start reselling it through their VARs. Another resulted in Nimble being bundled inside of Outlook Mobile and being preloaded on 40 million handsets. Now, I would have never got that done if I didn't prepare Mm -hmm. and then connect and most importantly, follow up and follow through. Right. And and, it, and there's no secret to that. You just need to do the basics. I believe it's the basics that wins games. Oh, I do too. And this this is part of the thing that that concerns me as as I talk to people and I see uh, evolving the sort of this ethos that yeah you know, everything's about the data and the metrics. Mm-hmm. And if we complement that with a little bit of training on some skills, that that's all salespeople need, completely ignoring what you talked about, which is the basics, right? How do I connect? How do I engage? How do I build the intimacy and trust and the relationships with people that can result in them saying, yeah, this is who I want to do business with? Yeah. You know, Andy, in the old days, we got to know people by going to their office and looking at their walls, looking at the books, right. they, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect. All that helped us to understand that person's, uh, what I call the five F's of life, family, friends, food, fun, and frolicking, aligned with our three P's, passion, plan, and purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know these things, you can then earn that intimacy and trust to build the relationship, to get them to open up to you about their business issues, which as a professional, you can then solve. And I'm not talking about anything new. Zig Ziglar, mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie, Stephen Covey, Brian Tracy, they all teach the same things. 
It's just in today's overconnected, overcommunicated world, I think it's getting harder to do, and we all need a little help to do it. And that's why I got back in the business after being uh, retired from selling gold mine. It's because I believe that the job isn't done. I believe that there are millions of people out there just like me who are overwhelmed and they just need help to get their jobs done. And so I dig building tools that power other people and help them achieve their goals. Okay. I, I, I That's fantastic. So I guess the question I'd have is, aren't we sort of – Aren't we sort of using some of these tools to really exacerbate that problem that you talk about, though? Is that, that you know, I, I sign up for a lot of lists intentionally so I can get emails to see what people are doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, by and large, they're, they're boring, if not bad, you know, yeah. the emails I get back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so and we're sort of flooding the inboxes of, of potential prospects with. I don't disagree. Stuff. Yeah. And the, the thing is, just because you have automation, doesn't mean that you should necessarily just be spraying everybody with it. And so I get emails all the time that I absolutely know are templated. And what I do is I go in and I look at the source. So I view original and I look at the tools people are using. I'm actually thinking about building a tool just to do that, just for the fun of it, as part of Nimble. So right. I should say, oh, yeah, this guy's engaging you with Engage.io or, you know, whatever tools, the flavor of the day. But the thing is, is that you can't just send these non-personalized emails that have a sequence follow-up and, and think that people are going to respond to you. You got to, you got to really do things a little bit different. And I think that the way that you do it different is to understand who somebody is and what their business is about and figure out how you might add value and put that in the message that you're outreaching so that it is personalized. And the problem with most of these tools, they don't have any idea who Andy Paul is or, or what your background is. So they don't reach out and tell you something, why they're reaching out, how they might add value and to make it feel like it's not a machine doing it. And when you feel a machine, you just turn off, don't you, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, I, I empathize with a lot of these, you know, SDRs, BDRs that are under a tremendous amount of pressure to achieve certain metrics in their daily activities, and yeah, yeah personalizing at scale is virtually impossible. So, so what what then becomes the answer? I mean, you you've seen this evolve over decades in terms of pioneering this business. So, you know, so I what, just what do you see the answer being? I just talked about how I took a 4,000 person list, Twitter list of right. WBC 15 influencers, tailored down to 200. Mm -hmm. It got a 50% open rate. So it's not impossible. But what you need is a tool that enables you to enrich people and company data at scale and then to segment and mm -hmm. outreach with a tailored message that's personalized to that unique subset group. Right, and then to get signals on the opens and clicks, and that's essentially what we're building with Nimble. So, how long did that take you to do? <laughs> you know, uh, I started Nimble in two thousand nine, and well, I, was, uh, I was talking about I, that specific task with that you did with the Twitter list. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I imported the list. That took me one click, and uh, it happened in about uh, twenty minutes. Uh, and then I segmented it and wrote a letter. I think writing the letter was the thing that took me the longest. Right. It probably took me uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes to write the letter. And then uh, and then I just uh, – I segmented. So I, I 
went into my nimble uh, uh, dashboard and I picked the parameters of the types of people based on their background, their company mm-hmm. background. And then I built that 10 to 200 and then I merged it with the template and, I, and that took me um, 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. I guess the whole thing was under an hour. All right. Excellent. Like it. So, uh, John, we're going to get the last segment of the show. I've just got a few standard questions I ask all my guests. And, yeah. and actually, you were on episode, I don't want to direct people back, make sure it's the right one. You were episode 68, where you actually heard these questions originally. So, we're going to give you a few more different questions. Um, cool. Just four questions. So, first one is, is and this is one that gets a lot of debate, is in your mind, is it easier to teach a technical non-salesperson how to sell or how to teach a salesperson how to sell a technical product? You know, that's a really easy question. And my answer is I would much prefer to hire a liberal arts major or a uh, hire somebody from Best Buy or Apple Store, Victoria's Secret, Mm -hmm. who isn't a salesperson and teach them the technology and the business skills that I need them to learn in order to be uh, effective at uh, selling um, Nimble or back in the day, Goldmine. So oh. what I what I found is that um, uh, it's easier to teach somebody technology and business stuff than to remake them as a human being. And that what I'd prefer to have somebody is their focus is coming from a, a service perspective mm-hmm. than a sales perspective. And so I'm always for hiring non-sales, non-technical people and teaching them based off their culture, their background, and their fit okay. within our culture, and then teaching them the technology and the sales skills, but ultimately really less emphasis on sales and more emphasis on success. All right. All right. So I need to have a third option in that question. I'll put that in. So um, what's the one great book? I want to say that's not a business book, not a sales book that you think every salesperson should read. I mean, is it Shakespeare? Is it poetry? What What do you have? Philosophy? What What great book do you recommend that they read? Does Thinking Grow Rich count? No, that's a business book. I. Um, um, I mean, what have you read in your life that's not business that you found influential? Siddhartha. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, books on self realization because ultimately. For you to be successful in whatever you do, mm-hmm. ideally doing what you're uh, you're passionate about, right? And if you can figure out what you're passionate about, you build a plan to uh, to achieve it and make it your purpose on a daily basis, you um, you'll be rich for the rest of your life. And so, um, uh, Siddhartha is about a journey, uh, right. about uh, a journey of a, a wealthy man who gives up his wealth and he goes on a journey to self-realization to find that his passion, uh, plan and purpose in life. And so ultimately, if you do choose sales as your thing, it's great to have a a reason why you're doing sales. And Mm -hmm. ideally, you're selling in order to serve and help other people grow. And if your purpose in every engagement is to learn, listen to learn to find ways to add value to help that person grow, you will be the most successful salesperson in the world. Okay. Great answer. Great answer. And great answer about the books that Arthur hadn't thought of that for quite some time. Um, So if you could change one thing about your business self, what would it be? 
my business self. <laughs> you know, Andy, I, uh, I'm a really passionate person and, and I love Clearly, to yes. step up my soapbox and I, I sometimes tend to just go off for a while. Right. I just, I, I'm a, I, I love to, uh, some people call me, uh, the preacher, you know, and sometimes <laughs> I think that I just, maybe if I could just back off on that a little bit, uh, and, um, but it's who I am, you know, it's, yeah. I just, I, it's, it's who I am. And I think people love me for my passion yes. and, uh, you know, I, I guess I just have to accept that in myself, but, uh, it's you know, I criticize for being too passionate about what you do. Yeah. I just, I think I could learn to listen more. Okay. We've All got right. two of these. We got one of these. And, uh, and I, I love this feature on GoToMeeting where it's, in fact, there's like a beta of it where it shows you uh, how much time you talked and how much time they talked. Uh, Have you seen that? No, but that's, yeah, that's always what you talk about in, in uh, sales training is, uh, yeah, do a heat map of a meeting and see who's, who spent more time talking. You were the customer. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with a story in regards to this. So uh, I was out fundraising uh, and I was at this large VC company on Sand Hill Road. Sure. And, uh, and I always love to, um, you know, ask questions and get people sure. to start talking. And of course, I nimble people before the meeting. I kind of know the answers to many of these things, but I'll ask somebody a question. A typical question I might ask is I might say, you know, Andy, I, of course, I've done my homework and I've, I've nimbled you before the meeting, but I always love to hear it in people's own words. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what 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 keeps you up in the morning? What gets you up in the morning? What keeps you up at night? And uh, and then I could be quiet and just have them start talking. This VC talked for 40 minutes. It was, uh, it was not even mean 45 minutes. It was, you know, we had a 50 minute meeting. But the cool thing is, his last five minutes, he was so happy after being able to just talk for 45 minutes that he he, he invited me to uh, their uh, partner's uh, Monday briefing meeting because he he so loved me and my product. Right. <laughs> I didn't and say you hadn't a said a thing, right? <laughs> no, I didn't say a thing. Perfect meeting. Perfect meeting. All right. All right. Last question for you. So do you have a favorite quotation or words of wisdom you live by? Uh, you know, I, I think the more people you have grow, the more you will grow. Um, uh, also, uh, I, I came up with this one. Um, is that I think we're on this planet to grow our souls, not other people grow theirs. And I, I came up with that. Uh, the year I sold, the year after I sold Goldmine, when mm -hmm. I almost died from a head tumor, and I just came to the realization that uh, in my my journey of healing and spiritual health, that um, you know, in the end, they don't put on your grave, you know, built Goldmine, made millions of dollars. They say beloved father, husband, mm -hmm. friend, and so I think that this is really why we're here. And so, um, so yeah, the the. Uh, I think that the whole idea of we're here to be present, listen, add value is really sort of the basis of my whole philosophy. Excellent. Good. John, pleasure to talk to you as always. So tell folks how they can find out more about Nimble and connect with you. Well, you know, the easiest way to learn about John Ferrara, that's J-O-N-F-E-R-R-A-R-A, -R -R -A, is Google me. Right. Okay. Because unless you have nimble, you can nimble me. Nimble would build a record <laughs> in seconds. But you should, whoever's listening to this, Google yourself. 
and check out your your persona, your profile across all the places. If you can't Google yourself, you're doing something wrong about building your brand uh, today. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you Google John Ferrar, you'll find my identities, J-O-N underscore Ferrar on Twitter and all the other places. Please connect with me. Let me know a little bit about yourself and how I might be able to add value to you. If you want to try Nimble to help you achieve your passion, plan, and purpose in life, go to nimble.com, N-I-M-B-L-E.com. It's free for two weeks. Try it out and, and let me know uh, how we might be able to make it even better. Excellent. John, thank you very much. Andy, it's a pleasure. Great. And friends, thank you for spending time with us today. Remember to make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And an easy way to do that is to make sure you join these conversations with top business experts like my guest today, John Ferrara, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.